This is Sermon Smith, a bi-weekly conversation about the craft of sermon preparation, and my name is John Chandler. I can't tell you how much fun I'm having doing these interviews, doing these conversations, and sharing them with you, but just the, the chance to talk about this craft is something I always enjoy, the, the process of making something, particularly in the context of a sermon and how to prepare for that. It's just a whole lot of fun, and today's is no different. We'll get to that soon. Our partner today is Logos Bible Software. I've said it before, and I will probably still say it many more times, but I love Logos. I use it every week for my sermon prep. I even use it for my daily reading on my iPad. It's just so handy to have. If you're interested in learning more about Logos, you can go to logos.com slash sermonsmith. And if you follow that link, there will be a coupon code there that you can use to get 15% off any base package if you'd like to get started with Logos. They have links to some videos, but it is, to me, just a fantastic way to carry an enormous library in my pocket or on my small iPad mini where I can just do crazy amounts of sermon prep research, some of the early stages of crafting my sermons, and so I love it. I use it. Uh, I encourage you to give it a look if you're not a Bible software user already. My guest today is a special guest who you may already be familiar with. His name is Leroy Barber. He speaks at conferences and churches around the country. A fantastic speaker, someone who has just started many different organizations. Currently, he is the co-founder and director of The Voices Project and a college pastor at Kilns College. He also serves uh, within the leadership at Imago Day in Portland, where he's helping them get started a new Eastside campus where he also preaches somewhat regularly. A little bit of an unfortunate start for this conversation as I was having some glitches on the recording side, even as I was asking him his first question and he was, or my first question, and he was getting into the answer for that. So unfortunately, I didn't realize that until it was too late. So I want to kind of lead you into where we're going to pick up in the middle. I was just asking him about the different context for where he speaks and and what kind of preparation he does as he talked as he was talking about speaking at conferences speaking at churches and so i'd asked him even you know early on like how does he determine and how does he decide what he is going to speak about as he travels and goes to different places and so you'll you'll be able to pick up on it but you'll definitely understand that this picks up in the middle of the answer as he's describing specifically what kind of topics he chooses as he goes to speak at different conferences. So sorry for uh, the loss of some of that, but there's plenty more that he has to say uh, that is great to hear in this one. Thanks for listening. Usually, whoever's inviting me will have a decent um, understanding of that, um, or at least have some idea of why, why they're inviting me and what they, what they, what they like me to cover. Right. I mean, they, are, um, they already know some of what you're passionate about talking about, yeah, which is why yeah. they invited you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have a whole philosophy around um, speakers in general. So because um, I do some speaker training and I think um, I think all of us is kind of like a uh, something I've taken from like kind of hip hop or music that everyone has what I call like a core verse. Like what is your what's your hook, right? Hmm. Everybody has a personal hook, I, I call it, right? Like, and, and that hook has to do with kind of the internal message that God has given you. Um, and, and people will invite you, I think, based on that. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so discovering what that is, I think is important for speakers. 
Yeah. So when we get invited, I, you know, they're inviting you and they're inviting you for that particular thing. So I don't really stray outside of that a whole lot. Um, and then, so after that conversation, um, the, I, I generally have some words in my mind. Um, and I, I write those words down. So if the person said, you know, diversity or, um, you know, we need to know more about unity or um, we're trying to understand service a little deeper because we have this big thing coming up or um, the women on our campus are, are, you know, this theme is coming up. So I kind of have those words jotted down. Yeah. Um, and I really like to spend some time just thinking about those those specific words before I kind of go into a preparation of a talk. And in that process, I'm definitely probably more of a a Bible teacher kind of type than anything else. Yeah. So I will I will take those words and begin to see if there are any any scriptures or any stories of scripture um, that match up to some of those words. And so I'll do a, I'll do a, a study or. Uh, a search around those words and see what comes up. Um, and depending, like depending on the story that comes up or the first that comes up, then I'll, I'll build a, a talk around that particular verse or, or story out of scripture. So, so I, I like to get a little nerdy on this. So mm -hmm. you're, no talk, you're talking about writing down these words. Do you have like a notebook that you carry with you all the time? I, I actually use my iPad and yeah. I have a running list of, so when I'm talking to somebody, I'll specifically put the words for them, but I have a running list of things that pop in my head around sermon ideas. Yeah. Um, and so a title or something that intrigues me, I write that down on that, on that pad. And so it's just called sermon, possible sermon topic. Is that like the, is that like the notes app and iPad? Or yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I use that notes app and, um, there's just a number of just random, you know, thoughts or topics in there. And I'll run that back through that list too, just to kind of go, oh, maybe this, Maybe this fits here. Let's let's explore it a little more or whatever. So, um, and then once in a while, I'll just pull out one of those topics without actually any specific group in mind and and write a talk. Hmm. Um, just cause? Yeah, just. I mean, I just <laughs> you, I just get inspired that way sometimes. So I'm working on one right now that I have no idea where I would ever use it. Um, called the uh, Towers of Babel. Right. Huh. So and it just came to my head one day. I was thinking about about the uh, unity and diversity and, you know, all those kind of things. And, and the Tower of Babel came to my mind. So I wrote down Towers of Babel and then I went and read back and read the story. And then I started pulling out little things in the story. Um, and so there'll, there'll be a there'll be a, a Bible verse now. And then there's little outlined little things out of that story that stuck out to me at that particular time. Then I might go back to it and read it again. Some other little things might come out or some of those first things I, I wrote are fill in some more detail in it. Um, and let my, let my talks build that way. Um, and then, 
and then either either I'll, and then I'll do some background. Um, if I get once I get way down into the story, I'll uh, I'll do some background on context. When was this written? Who wrote it? What was it for? Um, uh, and all those kind of things to kind of see what was there and then let that build into each point as well. Um, and what, what kind of resources do you use for that? Oh man, I use, uh, I like to, I like to, I, I look at various commentaries. I look at, uh, various theologians that I, I might like who may have said something about a specific topic. Um, so, um, you know, Darby or, uh, 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 what's the guy, Matthew Henry yeah. or, any of those, any of those kind of guys. I, I try to really mix it up from a conservative one to a liberal one to one in the middle, just to kind of see what, what things run through all of them. I don't, I really like to focus on one in particular. So sounds like you like to read dead people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to you. Uh, we used to live in Seattle and I remember talking mm-hmm. to Eugene Cho one time and asking him about books he was reading. And he said he prefers to read people who are already dead. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. it won't change on you. <laughs> they figure as if it stood up past you know the time they died, they still they probably have something good to say. Right, 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 right. And so, is that all? When you're reading that kind of background material, is that you have Bible software for that, or you just have a big bookshelf you like to go I to? Have, yeah, I have books on various. I have various books. Yeah, that I dig through. Okay, um, so sorry, yeah. I disrupted you because you talked about getting into the story and then getting into the background, and so yeah, so pick up from then there. I get the background from that and and context, and you know, I get some theological thought from from various authors um, and uh, <clears throat> and commentaries, and then uh, and I let that kind of drive some of the bigger points because I, you know the thing the the themes that run through it that are common I, I make sure to kind of make sure those are in there and then for me then uh my final check is to kind of look in the story for um for unexpected things hmm. so um little small phrases and little small things that give you a hint or a clue of something that may also be happening within that context beneath the scenes. Right. So I like to really, to really, you know, imagine and or dream or, uh, or bring, bring that thought. And what, what I call is kind of this now currently I'm work doing these things called theology from below. So was there, is there another narrative that needs to also come out in this story? So not just the majority narrative, but then the narrative of that might be of, you know, so let's take, for instance, the, uh, the, uh, widow's might, right. Yeah. That, you know, they're at the temple, everybody's giving and, um, you know, the scripture says all, you know, the wealthy folks come around and bring a gift, but then the widow brings hers. And then Jesus pulls the disciples aside and talks to them about giving. So for me, then I kind of zero in on, well, what, what, what draws Jesus's attention 
Like what makes him in a moment switch from observer to teacher, right? Um, uh, some, some, something happened that made Jesus want to make an emphasis of a point. And it happened when this widow gave. And so drawing into that, that space in the story, hmm. um, because obviously Jesus wanted to teach something and he thought this widow was, had something to teach. So just looking for little things like that uh, yeah. within the story. And so, so when, yeah. when you're talking about that, so you're, I mean, you're not necessarily talking about seeing the story from her perspective so much as just trying to see the pieces that aren't always brought forth or. Yeah. Sometimes it, I may, I may venture to see it from their perspective if there's enough information. Yeah. Um, other times it just kind of is that, that, that other point that makes people, that make people stop and think about another side to what they think is, is there in a story they've probably read a thousand times. So, yeah. And is that something that you feel like you've always just been able to do naturally, or do you feel like that's something you've had to learn how to do, or you still have to work on? I think it's something I've, I've always been able to do naturally, but I've, but now I work on it pretty hard to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm reading through the story and the scripture thoroughly to, to hear that voice come through. So. Yeah. All right, so you go through this process where either you're asked to speak and they give you, you know, some direction, or you're just fiddling around and you're writing sermons in your free time because you enjoy it so much. <laughs> I think I think you're the first person who said that out of like 53 interviews, but that's a beautiful thing. Um, I guess that's because you don't have to preach every week, right? Um, but so you. So you know where you know you, you know the general direction, and mm -hmm. you start leaning into a story. You start doing the background of the story. You start coming up with this theology from below, like you describe, which mm -hmm. is a, that's a beautiful phrase. Uh, so, what's your process from there about how you take all of these pieces that you're coming up with and putting them into a structure that you can present? Yeah. So then for me, it's all then after I have all that information, it's all it's all for me then about flow and presentation that um, as, as I present this information, how is it flowing naturally? Um, can I deliver it naturally? Can I move from one point to the next point naturally as opposed to kind of, OK, here's point two. Okay, here's point three. Do they naturally blend and flow towards the end of the story? Yeah. And I'm, as you can hear, I definitely like the story. Plot, I, I hear story that version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that people can experience the the context, the truth, um, the wonder, um, and, you know, and the challenge all you know, all together flowing through it. So I, I kind of work on that after I get all my information. Um, and, you know, I, I, I went to a seminary that was, you know, pretty uh, expository driven. And so um, I generally will follow the flow of that scripture. Like I'll, I'll present based on the flow of that, of that verse, whatever, whatever it might be. And how, um, how does that work for you when a story, when you're, you know, if you're, 
preaching at a church and they're going through Romans and they're giving mm-hmm. you Romans <laughs> pretty much any chapter in Romans right where I mean it it doesn't always necessarily have a story flow like what what do you do with that yeah I think my use by the examples I use uh, and those kind of things help connect some of it um, so I'll look for examples of stories or things that would or illustrations that'll that'll make some connections that'll give me an entry into the next point yeah. And that and then and then that gives you the ability to flow through that. Yeah. Yeah. And then do you do do you do anything? I mean, do you really just focus on story 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 and trust that that will carry it along or do you do work to like try to structure like a a primary thesis statement or quote unquote application points or anything like that or is it um, all about story? I think I mean within that uh, there, there are, they, you know, uh, and, and, you know, and I was trained Baptist. So yeah. generally it's building to hmm. what the final call is. Right. Yeah. Um, so generally I will, I will move towards that. So, um, and when you're in churches that do communion services at the end of their sermons, it's really easy, right? Then <laughs> everything flows right back to when you come to the table today. Yeah. Right. So. Um, that's, that's actually nice. A lot of times to, to, to be able to do, um, chapels and colleges, that's hard. Like, cause they're busting out those doors as soon as you're done. Hmm. So I, I like to leave a few kind of, you know, prayers and or call to, to action at the end of, at the end of my sermons generally. So, so you talked about discover your hook and it reminded me. When I was in grad school, we had an I was, I was going to say an adjunct, but not really an adjunct. We had a guest professor for our church his, history class, which was Craig Barnes, who mm-hmm. he's now the president at Princeton Theological. And, you know, he preached for a long time in a couple of different churches. And he talked about how he pretty much had one sermon, <laughs> 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 you know, and that. Uh, or, or actually, I think what he said is most of us only have two or three sermons. We just kind of keep reformatting them in different settings. But, but then when he was leaving, you know, one church, they told him very graciously that he only had one sermon. <laughs> so, so you talk about, you know, you talked earlier about discover your hook. You know, after preaching for sixteen years and you know in churches week to week, at what point did it, you come across and really recognize what your hook was? I guess we could say discover your voice, mm, you know. That's Yeah, that's good. At what point in the process did you come to a place where you could really say, all right, this is this is really what I bring to this and recognize what that was? Yeah, that's a really good question, man. I, I, you know, maybe, I mean, it was a long time. I would say probably maybe 10 years in. Yeah, I think I think before that it was just kind of week to week preparing a sermon. What am I going to do? How is this going to unfold? And um, I think I think at some point, and I, and my guess is probably about ten years in that that my 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 walk with the Lord and Him uh, giving me confidence more and more kind of helps helps you be okay with who you are i think hmm. and I, and I, and i think you can you can tell the difference in uh 
I can tell the difference in a sermon that I, I could preach a sermon now that I once that I preached probably 20 years ago. And it's, it's, it's completely different, not in some of the information, but even in how I deliver it, the points that I emphasize, um, the, the strength and confidence to which I deliver a point, those kinds of things. The, yeah, I, it's just so different, you know, after doing this for 25 years, yeah. you know, so. Um, well, and you said you teach some public speaking, and so I assume you talk a little bit about Discover Your Hook. So for yeah, and I, yeah. I I just know from feedback I get that a lot of people who listen to this podcast are people who are in seminary early in their ministry, you know, still maybe in their first five to ten years. So even when you say that, they might be able to answer that right away. There might not. So what, like, what do you say to students who you're teaching public speaking or to young, you know, preachers about going through that process? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that. That's going to take you back to vocation. That's going to take you back to this idea of listening to, to, uh, the voice that God gave you within yourself, you know, yeah. um, that he speaks to you through, uh, and gives you here, here. I, I even think, so the thing that's my hook is a thing I never get tired of talking about. Like, hmm. Like I've been saying this for 25 years, and if you ask me to talk on it tomorrow, I will do it with just amount, like it's the same amount of passion I did when I did it the first time. Yeah, like that's my hope. That's my thing. Like that thing wakes me up in the morning. That thing, you know, gives me passion. That that thing is a a part of the desire and how I want to see the world change. Um, Yes, yeah, it's, it's just a driver. Some guys, you know, as a uh, work with a guy here, Eric Knox. I mean, his his thing is mentorship and discipleship. Like he just that wakes him up in the morning and yeah. it brings him to tears. Like, you know, he'll watch something on mentorship for the tenth time and he cries every single time, right? <laughs> and I'm like, how does that happen to a person, right? It's that's the thing. That's your hook. That's it, man. You know, like, and you, you, and and at some point you get comfortable with that. Yeah, and you just go with it because it's beyond. It's it's also beyond you. Yeah, and so maybe it's maybe it's even safe to say that if you walked in a church on a Sunday and they said, "Hey, our preacher's in the back throwing up. We need somebody to fill in." <laughs> Whatever you're going to stand up and talk about. Right oh, there, yeah. without any need for preparation. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Unless it's what you preached last week, and it's still fresh in your right. mind. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you really liked last week's. Oh, I can do this one again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Well, so I'm going to get a little bit nerdy again because I'm I'm jumping all over the place with you today. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no um, but say so you you go through the process, you put your out, you know, you write down and you structure it. When it's time for you to stand up and you know, actually do your delivery. What do you take up there with you? What's in the pulpit? Um, so these days now it's just pr- literally just the iPad. Yeah. Um, cause I've, I've, I've got the whole thing on there. I've got this, I've cut and pasted the, the Bible verses, everything. So it could be in one place. 
and all I have to do is scroll through it instead of flipping around. And it's like a pages um, document you're in. I'm in a uh, sometimes depends if I'm in a if they wanted a PowerPoint. I'm in a keynote document or yeah. uh, I'm in a uh, a Word document or sure. a uh, um, they have this app called um, Docs Docu, Docs to Go. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So I use, I'll use I use that a lot. So. Okay. And so, how how robust is that? Oh man, it's it's changed my life. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, even even flipping pages can like I'm a rhythm preacher, so even the like got to flip the page, got to look down like that. That gets me out of a rhythm. Um, but just a light scroll, look down and scroll up has. I mean, that's just. That's just beautiful for me. Because you can keep uh, your you can keep your rhythm going. Yeah. Just a quick tap of your finger or a flip of your finger. Yeah, that's 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 been that's been wonderful for me. I actually lost my iPad for a little bit and I went back to a notebook and it was I mean, it disrupted my rhythm completely. Hmm. And is that is that document like paragraphs or is it bullet oh, points? No, I I'm an outliner. Yeah. So it's like it's a whole sermon outline and the points are listed one by one. And if you're going to go for 45 minutes, how many pages is that outline? Mm, four or five. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I mean, it's pretty detailed, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. It's a detailed outline. Do you yeah, need like, it? Um, I need to glance at it. Yeah. And and it helps keep me from getting too scattered. I'm I'm a I'm I'm not a linear thinker by any stretch, so um, it keeps me on on point. <laughs> so <laughs> so if you're not looking at it for a while, all of a sudden you realize you're back to your you're back to whatever your passionate topic is from whatever oh they originally gosh. gave or, you. <laughs> or or I've said point seven at point three, right? Like if I'm not looking at it, like oh, I already said that. Like, so, so I have to really make myself be strict to kind of look at this thing and follow it because you wrote it how, how, um, how God gave, how, how God, I, I believe how he wants to be presented is how he gave it to me. I need to follow that. I always mess it up if I go off of that. Right. What's your, what's your favorite environment to speak in? Oh, church for sure. Black church for sure. I mean, just. Because of just, the call and response. Oh yeah, man, the response. I I love it. I mean, that's just that's my space. And it's uh. So how how does that how does that change either? Well, I'll, I'll ask this in two parts. How does it change how you prepare when you know you're going to be in that setting compared to a conference with a bunch of middle aged young and middle aged pastors that are super white like me? <laughs> uh, basically it's kind of it's the style more than it is content. Right. Um so it's it's the delivery style, um little less less relational, um and a little more kind of going through your points you know well. Um, in the black church context, it's definitely, you are interacting with the audience. You are, you are going back and forth with them. Um, and in that, that process takes longer. Um, but it actually slows down the pace a lot. So, 
And be, because you're getting your feed a lot more feedback in that setting, do you find that do you find you feel more freedom or even have more expectation that what you end up preaching might vary from what you had in your notes? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, there's there's definitely more expectation in that space to be relational and to deliver it that way. Um and that's not the expectation, you know, in a white evangelical setting. Um, <laughs> so it's, yeah, just, you, it's just knowing where you, knowing where you are, man. That's you, all. you don't get the same, you know, you don't get the same response from the white evangelical setting of these people are really feeling this particular point with me. Yeah, I'm going to sit in this yeah, one for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Although I've gotten pretty good at bringing them along. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. They they maybe at least know a little bit. They I say they we okay. I, <laughs> we at least might be able to you know know what to expect and feel safe right, right, feel right, safe right. to give you some feedback in, right, in a right, setting like right. that. Um, well, tell me a little bit. This I'm going to change just because I didn't give you a chance to talk about all this at the beginning, but I know that you did. 16 years, you know, you said this at the beginning, you did 16 years in in local church, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then you were doing some uh, nonprofit work with Word Made Flesh. But tell me about what you're doing now. Well, now I'm with uh, I'm doing an organization called Voices, um, executive director there, which um, trains and supports, encourages and networks leaders of color around the country uh, and around the world to um, uh, help them engage culturally um, in their own communities, uh, but then also within the white evangelical world. What does that look like for the voices of voice of color and voices of color to be kind of at the table? And so, doing a lot of work with that, um, and and leadership development within that with young people who are who have a desire to be a part of a the nonprofit world, the um, Christian evangelical settings, um, but also who desire to be pastors and leaders in some some way. And how did that come to be? Uh, just after years of ex- years of kind of working in the white evangelical world and feeling lonely and uh, uh, figuring, you know, after doing it so long, how can I help others not to be as lonely and how can they network and connect with each other? Um, and how, how can their voice be a little stronger together? Hmm. Um, so yeah, it just came from experience really. My wife and I about six years ago started that while we were working with other organizations it was kind of smaller, but now we've decided to, uh, to do it um, full time. So doing that and also still connecting with local church here in Portland, uh, Imago Day community. They're doing a multicultural East, uh, church um, gathering on the east side of Portland, so I'm helping give some leadership to that as well. Yeah, is that is that a paid position too? Like, are those two part time roles, or that's just yeah? Um, those are two 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 part time roles. Yeah. Well, beautiful. And then I I mean I know that I know you've written a couple books. Do you want to talk about uh, either Red, Brown, Yellow, Black, White was your most recent, wasn't it? Yeah, that's my most recent, and that's looking at this er- this issue of diversity within. The missions and nonprofit world, um, and then everyday missions was the one before that yeah, that yeah. looked at calling, uh, letting kind of this announcement that hey everyone is qualified to serve, um, you know, and uh, 
here are some ways to kind of to get involved and here are some stories of everyday people getting involved in in the work of God. Um, yeah. So and then my first one book was New Neighbor and that was uh some stories uh, from Mission Year uh when I was when I was working with Mission Years. Oh, that's right, Mission Year. See, I, I knew yeah. I knew I'd run across you in a couple of different settings, you know. So Yeah, um, so it went from, you know, FCS Urban Ministries uh, in Atlanta, working there, doing some neighborhood neighborhood church stuff uh, at a church community fellowship, uh, mission year, uh, and then uh, word made flesh and now voices. So kind and of a- mission year was in Atlanta, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm actually having I won't go into them, but I'm having all sorts of flashbacks because I remember talking to somebody who was working in mission year, something like that. So all these pieces are coming together to me, even <laughs> as we're talking right now. Yeah. I was with mission year a long time, 13 years. So, well, let me, uh, you know, let's, let's start winding down here. I'm, I'm afraid okay. I've got to run. Cause like I told you, I've got somebody working on my house and I'm, this is the first <laughs> time I've ever recorded in my son's bedroom. Um, but, but if you, if you were to say just one thing as we're winding down of just just something that you think might be helpful for anyone who's in the day-to-day process of preparing sermons every week, maybe uh-huh. beyond what we've covered, what would you say? Um, I mean, it is a process, right? I mean, I think, I think learning how to, uh, one, one, and the process is like call, like is God in this with you and how does he walk you through that call? Um, it's a lot of listening uh, to other people who are who are good at at, at speaking and preaching. Um, it's it's then working on your own, working on it as a skill, as a craft, right? So kind of combining those things of how is my call, listening to other people to learn, and then honing my own skills in this craft. Um, Pulling those all together to deliver good, 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 good sermons is is vital. So, uh, and any speaking really. And and with the amount of it that you've done, do you still feel like it's beneficial to try to listen to and learn from others, or do you get to oh a point gosh. where you know your voice? Oh, you know your voice, but man, you there's 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 so many good people to keep learning from and listening to. Yeah. I mean, listening to a good sermon helps you in any time. <laughs> so, sure, sure. As a person, I hope as it helps. a person, <laughs> I, I, you know, it helps you in your call and it helps you in your craft. So, you know. <laughs> well, well, Leroy, thanks so much. I'm, uh, I'll say this online with you. I, I, I had to cancel with you last week because uh, had our own pastoral care concern to, to take care of. But I appreciate you being flexible and and making the time to chat today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Blessings. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Leroy. Again, what a fun conversation that I was able to have with Leroy Barber, especially just hearing his emphasis on his desire to bring a narrative to it. And and I just always love hearing different angles that people come from as they talk about how they do sermon prep and thankful that Leroy can come and join if you're enjoying these conversations, if you're getting some uh, something from these conversations, much like I am, uh, I hope you'll consider coming alongside and being a partner of the podcast. A few ways you can do that, you know, directly, if you want to help out with uh, financial contributions, you can go to patreon.com slash sermonsmith, or if you want to help spread the word so that others can find us, 
great way to do that is iTunes reviews. Thank you since the last interview. Mike Maloney uh, gave us a positive review on iTunes that helps other people find it. And, of course, if you send tweets or if you post Facebook status updates, write blog posts, whatever it may be, that's helpful as well. I also have a little another project I'm working on. not going to say much about it right now, but if you go to the website and you sign up for the mailing list, you will be able to hear about that when that comes out. Thanks for listening. 